It's a joy to me to be surrounded by such solid men of God. You know, uh, I took Bill into Siberius a couple times and put him in front of the Bible school students. And one, I'd always be very forward to say, you know, it's such a joy to share the wisdom and experience and the gifts and anointing that's in these men. There's so much in this whole room. Uh, you know, like with Bill, having two speeds, slow and slower, it's good to have Bob, who has one speed, which is too fast. I used to tease Bob. I'd, I'd say, you know, I remember, there's the Lord, and the Lord say, Bob, go to Africa, and zoom, Bob, he's on a plane, he's in Africa, and God says, in 10 years. <laughs> He's running fast. So come and minister to the folks. And I, I know I, for one, am ready to soak up Jesus' name. Amen. teaching and Tim Meyer I, I never really got to know him but I've you know heard about his ministry and I appreciate some of these brothers they they come up in my area my hometown area one that Dale run away from I mean the one that Dale left and uh, uh, Tim was up there a few times but when he uh, gave that word to Bill about being a, a slug, all I could see, <laughs> a, a, a sloosh, oh, not a slug, a sloosh, sleuth. That's a very slow moving instrument, animal. And I, I was thinking about some of the, yeah, slug, I'm sorry, Bill. <laughs> Boy, see, right there, you can get in a lot of trouble. Amen. I know nobody here's ever gotten a lot of trouble, just me. But anyhow, I was thinking uh, about an experience I had when I was in on the mission field. I was living in uh, south of San Diego, a little place where the Hell's Angels start, established a little community. And uh, I had moved my family down there. We moved down with our Basset Hound, who ended up in uh, Basset Hound Prison in San Diego. And uh, <clears throat> he was an adventurous dog. And my kids were young. We were homeschooling. And uh, I drug my wife down there because she needed to submit. look at some of you ladies and see if you've ever been exposed to that kind of leadership. And anyhow, uh, she submitted to me being a jackrabbit. And what I'm saying is I would hear God, I'd hear the voice of the Lord, I'd get His thoughts and I didn't always press into his ways, his timing. I had a lot of zeal. Uh, the knowledge wasn't quite where it needed to be to run with the zeal that I had because of my passion for Jesus, my love for him, wanting to serve him, wanting to do what I believe uh, was the will and call of God in my life, and that was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's where the Lord spoke to me at the beginning. 
And uh, I remember telling the brother that led me to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I said, I'm selling my business. I was a businessman. I was a grocer, a meat cutter, kind of half of a chef. And uh, we did a lot of catering. I grew up in that business. And it was my passion to be a millionaire before I was 40. And I was well on my way, to be truthful with you. I... We, but I worked seven days a week. I was a workaholic, an alcoholic, and I probably wasn't like Pastor Dale. My drug problem wasn't I was being drugged to church. My drug problem was that if I could find it, I'd take it. And uh, in the midst of that, uh, I was pretty well messed up. My wife looked at me one day, and she says, I don't like you anymore, and I certainly don't love you, and it's over. Well, she, my wife's my best friend. We grew up together. I could deal with her not loving me, but I couldn't swallow her not liking me because I was a pretty likable fellow, I thought. And uh, it was over. My marriage was over. Everything was over. But God, He wasn't done yet. Can you say amen? And in looking at that and going reviewing that, I took my zeal through a life-changing experience that I had with the Lord because I should have been dead and two other people should have been dead with me. The Lord took me out of what I'm calling alcoholism, instantly with an awakening experience where I was the only sober one in that vehicle that was about to go over a cliff. I grew up praying, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But I didn't know who this Lord really was. I believed in God, but I didn't know anything about this Jesus guy. I'm 28 years old. I'm a businessman, and it's been very successful, and my life is in shambles. My marriage is going down the toilet. I'm looking at my kids, and they don't know me, but they were well supplied for because I knew how to provide. I knew how to buy them anything they needed because... You know, I was serving the world, I was making money, and success was my vision, my dream of what I'm saying in the world. Through the life-changing experience of understanding that God saved me from killing two people because of my stupidity, the deception that I was underneath awakened me, brought me to my knees, and the only prayer I knew was, now I lay me down to sleep. So I remember hitting the floor in a little village of outside of Titusville, Pennsylvania, is where the business was, a little place called Hightown. I hit my knees on that floor and I gave my heart to God, but I didn't know who I was really giving it to because I wasn't aware of Jesus yet. And my cry was, God save me. For a year I cried out, God save me. I was a mess. I wasn't drinking anymore. I was still working like a dog. But I didn't have any outlet. And a little Baptist preacher in that community befriended me and told me I needed to read the book of John. Well, my salvation, young people, I want you to listen to me. My salvation come not at a church service, and praise God for those that have been saved at an altar, those that have come in a revival service, or your pastors led you to the Lord. My salvation come because my perspective of what I looked at Christianity and church life was because I'm a businessman and I had an eye to see in the deception 
I don't know where it came from. It had to come from the Lord, but at that time, I just thought maybe I was just critical. <laughs> you know, at that time, I thought, you know, maybe I just don't trust people. At that time, I'd watch good people rip me off and rip my dad off and rip our business off and not pay their bills and not be good for their word. And a lot of them were church-going folk. So my attitude was there are a bunch of hypocrites. God knew where I was at. He knew I wasn't going to walk up to the altar in the front of what my perspective was that they're hypocrites. So he nailed me in the 20th chapter, almost the end. And I'm sitting there thinking, I believe this. I'm crying out, God save me, this is a year. No outlet for my weariness, no outlet for my anxiety, no outlet for the pressure that I was under because of the extreme debt that I was underneath. No outlet for my best friend telling me it's over and I'm looking at losing my kids, losing my business, and probably losing my life. Because what good am I now if I can't be a businessman, I can't be a husband, can't be a father. So basically, my life was down the toilet other than Jesus. Reading that Bible brought to me the understanding of who Jesus Christ was, and I said a simple thing, that I believe this. That minute I come out of darkness into light, that minute I received the one that you and I refer to as Lord, as King of Kings, one who was, is, and is to come, the one that we refer to as the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the Rose of Sharon, the one that loves you more than you totally understand. Well, he becomes so real and tangible to me at that time, I thought, I believe this, and Jesus Christ is my Lord, because you believe in your heart not because somebody told you, but you actually take ownership to what you believe. And the revelation of that by the ministry of the Holy Spirit becomes real and tangible to you. And the next action that you have to follow through is I will say what I believe because I believed in my heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ he is my Lord, and I do not belong to the world, to the devil, but the only one person, to Jesus Christ. I didn't know too much about this Christianity stuff other than I didn't trust Christians. But I trusted God. Well, He led me because of the love of God that this Baptist pastor carried just loving me and he's seen that I become a believer well if you know anything about the Baptist faith the next thing you are doing is getting wet amen and you're not getting sprinkled on you are going down and if they don't like the way you go down you might go down again well they wouldn't just dunk me in the water they said you got to take a six-week course I'm thinking, I'm ready. See that jackrabbit, that mentality that I carried because of my profession, I believe, and probably the way I was raised, is the more I could produce in less time, the more I could make. In other words, the quicker I could cut a side of beef, the more money I could put in the register. In other words, the more miles I could feed, the quicker I could do it, the more action that could come forth, we could get her done. Well, I took that mindset into my life with God. <laughs> Not intentionally, I just didn't know any better. So, other than being too slow, I was one of those rascals that was too fast. Well, I started hearing the voice of the Lord. I watched God restore my marriage. 
I watched him get me out of business, the sale of my business. And my dream was to go to Moody Institute. And then God sends this young buck into my life who was going to marry a girl from my hometown who I somewhat knew because of some other friends of mine. And she says, you need to meet my future husband. And then he shows up. He was in Tulsa, out of the will of God. Because that's not the plan that God had for him. But he used that. Brings this little rascal, 18 years old, snot-nosed, full of more pride than anybody I know. But now, I am biblically illiterate other than I'm in love with Jesus. By then, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And he shows up, and his future wife has Kenneth E. Hagen's whole library in her apartment. Well, somehow they talked me out of Moody. And then I'm thinking, Rama. Well, God had other plans because he'd already stuck me in child evangelism fellowship through the Baptist church. So, because I'm ready to go, because I got a lot of zeal, but not a lot of knowledge. And then I get filled with the Holy Spirit. I express my my thoughts at a, in a little Bible study with a lot of older people that were walking Bibles in, in that denomination, and uh, they wanted me to give the devotional, and I, I, I didn't know what a devotional was, other than I was reading the Bible and I was going to share with them what God was sharing with me the same way as I'm doing right now with you, because that's all I know how to do. And what took place is I opened it up to John 15. I read about four or five scriptures and then some crazy guy shows up and he starts preaching to these people that know a whole lot more than I do. And I'm thinking, where would that come from? Well, that little Baptist pastor said to me on the way home, he says, what happened to you? I thought, what do you mean what happened to me? I got saved, you baptized me. And then on the steps of that little Baptist church, this little rascal said to me, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I'm thinking, who's he? The only thing I know about this Holy Spirit is my Catholic brothers, or my neighborhood, I grew up in a Catholic neighborhood, I'd once in a while frequent their church with them, and then they'd they'd hit the floor, and then they'd tap themselves three times. So that Holy Spirit, I said, that must be something to do with God. And he says, no, no. You need to read the Bible. So I'm back to having to read the Bible. I got saved to reading the Bible. And then he's saying, you got to read the Bible some more. Well, he happened to be uh, in Bible school. And he they used a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. And so I'm like, all right, I'll get me one of them. So I got me one of them and I started reading and I found out that you could do it easier by following the references and I looked up every scripture in my office which had a toilet in it, a tub and a sink. And I'm looking at this young people. I want you to see this because I believe God wants to do something in your lives today. Is what I've seen was I'm reading all these scriptures that have to do with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, I have an experience that rocked my world, that changed my life, and is forever doing it. Back then, we would spot deer back in the woods that this young buck come from. And... uh, we would use what they called airplane landing lights. And what they were was a, a, a light that they would use on a runway of a small airport. And you'd shine them in the face of a deer and the deer would freeze because they couldn't do anything else because they were so bright. And those lights would blind them deer and they would freeze and then you could... 
you could you could eventually if you knew how to shoot you could shoot them right here between those little beady eyes and then it'd be my job to slaughter them because that's what I did you understand me it'd be my job to get them and then make them so they're edible and then we'd have a big party but those lights that we spotted deer with came in to that little office space that my wife and kids used as a restroom at that time in the apartment that we lived over above the, 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 the business that I owned. And that whole room illuminated. I know now the glory of God showed up. I know I had a visitation from the Holy Spirit. I know then that God filled me with His Holy Spirit. But this tongues business, that was foreign to my thinking because nobody taught me yet, like most of you have been taught, I trust you have, the understanding that you get filled with the Holy Spirit and there's part of the evidence is, is power. But part of the evidence is speaking with other tongues in which in the book of Jude you'll find that you build yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Because there's people out on the outsides of this perimeter that don't have what you got. And if you're not walking in love and walking in power, you're not going to reach what needs to be reached and it's called the harvest. So as you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit in other tongues. I didn't know this back then, but I found out that I like to do that, and this rascal encouraged me. And by then I was listening to this other fanatic, his name was Kenneth E. Hagen, and then they got me chewing Copenhagen, or Copeland, I guess it was. And I'm feeding on all these things and my life is forever changing because of the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm hearing the Word like you have been hearing the Word of God through this man and this man here this morning, young people. And faith come into your heart. Faith come into my heart, but I didn't know how to activate my faith because why? I would hear God, but I wouldn't press in to find out His way, so therefore I'd figure it out on my own and I'd start doing it. Back to San Diego and going into Mexico, Baja, California, where I made my wife submit. And she did it out of obedience to the Lord, and God took care of her. But I had one of the worst experiences I ever had in my life. Everything that I thought I was going to do, it ended up that things kind of shut down, things kind of closed up, and I had time in my hands, so the only thing I knew to do was we were homeschooling, and when I say we, I mean Sharon. And we were in an apartment, and my ministry was going back and forth into Mexico, and we were preaching some and ministering, and that was my passion that time was missions but in the process of it this Holy Spirit who visited me way back and changed my life and who through ministry gifts such as Apostle Dale today at that time he was pastor or teacher and I, I thought all I know to do is pray in tongues I don't know what to do I would walk the streets and pray in tongues on this time that I wasn't serving in that ministry. See, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, young people, you will become a servant. You want to accomplish something for God that will please Him. It might not please others, but you'll become a servant. And what you'll serve is that what you have to carry into the service for other people because God loves people. 
just like he loves you. So the promotion came as I served people. And part of the word that God had given me, if I would serve him, God would give me what he's called me into. And I've seen that unfold in in, in levels over my life. See, when God calls you into a group such as Armada, He calls you into a church, He calls you into a, underneath a local pastor or local elders, I want you to understand you're there for divine purposes. You're there to serve, to develop, to grow in grace and knowledge because God, God knows that the grace that you'll receive in your service to Him will be the same grace that you'll be able to run your race, to hit your mark, to hit the call of the high calling of God upon your life. Back to the streets of San Diego, I'm praying. By then, the Lord had used me in unique ways, and I'm not going to get into that. But I felt like, you know, I've accomplished a few home runs. That's pride. I could brag about some of the things that the Lord had me do, but I'm not going to bore you. But I carried them. Because I didn't know that I needed to humble myself, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that in due time... I wasn't waiting for due time. I wanted the time to be now. I wanted it done now. I wanted to win the world now. Like he said, I wanted to be in Africa. I still haven't got there. But I know I'm going. Yeah. But what I've seen... Young people, I want you to listen because God's going to make a connection with you because why? There needs to be an impartation from what's been said. I'm not here to teach. I'm here to minister to you by the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the office in which I stand in because of the grace of God. That's the only reason, His grace. I want you to see something. On the streets of San Diego, I'm walking, praying. And God is dealing with me, changing me in, in transformation to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better minister, but most of all, to be a better son to him. And the voice, to me, it was audible. (laughs) I'll never forget it. He says, son, he calls me son. I'm alive today because of Jesus Christ and for no other reason. I'm still married today, 47 years later. I got nine grandkids, glory to God, hallelujah. I've held them, and I shouldn't have been able to, but by the grace of God. So this one that I'm in deeply in love with and want to serve and want to run as fast as I can do to get His, his will done in my life, stops me and says, Son, don't you think? See, He'll get you thinking Don't you think it's time you stop working for me and start working with me? Imperial Beach is the little community that I was involved in, and that's the Hell's Angels started that community way back. By then, the military had moved in. We were actually in, a, in a apartments that many, uh, many that were involved in, uh, in the Navy and also the Air Force were there. So it was kind of a unique little setting. It was about three miles away from the border of Mexico. And I'm on the streets, and back then it was pretty populated in that area and I'm crying because he chastises those he loves 
I thought I was all of that because of the grace of God and because of the Holy Spirit and because of the experiences I've had, but because of some of the home runs He allowed me to hit while serving Him. And that's where pride will make you fall, and I was about ready to crash and burn. And he corrected me because he loved me. And in the process of that, it changed my life. I had a wonderful message to preach to you. Oh, I thought it was awesome. Preached it to myself. But that's me doing what Bob wanted to do. And he spoke to me before I showed up. He said, son, <laughs> I want you to work with me today. <laughs> and I knew what that meant. I knew that it was going to be different. And when Apostle Dale said that I had till 5.30... No, he said, he corrected himself and said 4.30. I thought, that's the Lord. Because what I've seen, remember yesterday the Spirit of God said, the Spirit of seeing and knowing is going to become familiar with many. What I mean by that is the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. He will reveal secrets and mysteries to you, especially concerning the will and call and purposes of God, your assignments in life. And what I want you to understand, we've got to maintain, like Pastor Bill shared earlier, is I get, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in Hightown, Pennsylvania. I had a, a, an earth-shaking experience, but I got to be being filled by the Spirit so that I can sing. I can keep my song, I can keep my joy, I can keep my strength in Christ with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts unto the Lord. And God wants to put a new song in the hearts of many of you even here this afternoon. He wants to stir up that which gift is placed inside of you that maybe has been dormant because you haven't taken the time to make steps of obedience and to find out, I got his thoughts, I'm going to press into his ways. I'm going to find out what is the way to Africa for me. I'm going to find out what is the way into ministry for me. What is the way into business for me. What is the way into politics for me. What is the way into education for me. Many of you young people know that you're gifted and called and have an anointing, have a, a, a passion, a desire to do certain things, but I want you to know the ways of God to get to that destination because I don't want you to make some of the stupid mistakes that I made by not pressing in in your relationship to get the ways, the footsteps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I want you in sync. I want you in step. I want you at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Some of you will be called into higher education and some of you won't. Some of you will be called into the marketplace to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Some of you will be called into pulpits, into apostolic, into prophetic, into teaching, into pastoral gifts. Many of you young people, some of you moms and dads understand that this, this kid's weird. I know something. God's got something special for him. Because he's going to take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise with it. This kid doesn't act like the rest of his siblings. I don't know. He thinks different. It's okay. Maybe you got a whole flock full of them. I don't know. Right now, we're in a critical time in, in history. Your generation is going to be the generation that I've seen. And what I mean by that, I believe you're going to see. Young people, you're going to see it. You hold me to this. I believe that you live your life like that sky is going to crack, that eastern sky. When it cracks, the Son of God's going to appear. 
when He appears, the dead in Christ are going to rise and we which are alive on the earth at that time are going to be caught up together with Him to ever be with the Lord. The Apostle Paul thought he would see it. I believe I'll see it. But if your generation doesn't get a hold of this revelation, I don't want you to waste your time with the thoughts and never press into the ways to carry out the will of God in faithfulness, obedience, and servitude. Because the way up is down. The way to promotion is humility. You want to be great in the kingdom of God, you become a servant to all. And what you serve is the gifts, the abilities, the things that He's given you to serve others. And God will promote you. Back to airplane landing lights. If you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and you would like to be, God wants to fill you here this morning. If you're three years old, one of the associate pastors with me, his name's Josh Bruce, I know my brother knows him, he's ministered in your pulpit, I believe. I believe at two years old he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Two years old. Don't wait till you're 28 like I was. I'm saying all this because why? Your generation is going to carry something that needs to be carried by the grace of God that's on your lives, young people especially. Go with me. The only text I got, you're thinking, that guy didn't even preach the Bible. Well, you've heard the Bible throughout my conversation. Acts chapter 2. This is what I believe I got from the Lord for you today. Verse 14, but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour, about nine o'clock But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass, say last days. days. Now understand, if this isn't, it's mine. I said if this isn't, these are not only mine, But you were born for such a time as this, and if you live to be 120, hallelujah. But between now and then, this is your last days to accomplish the will, the call, the purposes of God upon your life. So I don't want you to be too slow, I don't want you to be too fast, I want you to be in sync with His Word, His thoughts, and His ways that He wants you to carry out and to walk in the will of God. Paul said it this way, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto Him. This is a time for holiness to rise to a new level in the church of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about an outward glamour. I'm talking about an inward beauty. I'm talking about the consecration that you've heard is part of the call of God upon every one of our lives to consecrate ourselves unto Him on a daily basis. 
I'm, call, I'm talking about the separation that God has for you to separate yourself under the most holy, highest call in the body of Christ, and that's the call to Him, not for Him. For it's in your call to Him that you'll get what He would have you to do and to put your feet at and your hands upon. But until you spend time there, you will be confused and you will wonder. And many people in my generation wandered around all their lives and missed the call and purposes of God upon their lives. Because they didn't go to Him. Understand, my brother and sister, understand, young people, this is your day and your hour, and don't put a limitation because you're only 8 or 9 or 10 or 12 or 15 or 21 or 26. I don't, it doesn't matter. I was first led to the Lord by a word out of a five-year-old boy who looked at me and he said, Daddy, you're going to go to hell. Boy, did I know it. Don't underestimate your voice, young people. Now, I didn't come to Jesus at that moment, but He planted a seed. And He got my attention because I was well aware that I wasn't going there. I was living there at that time. And what I want you to see Verse 16, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Say, these are our last days. That God will pour out His Spirit upon how many? And your sons and your daughters shall what? Your young men shall see vision. Without vision, people do what? Your old men will dream dreams. Bill said that he was in that position at this time. I'm not yet. I'm still seeing visions. Hallelujah. And I know he's still seeing vision too. Yeah. Because we carry. We carry vision. Part of the things that what I'm seeing in these afternoon services and then in the evening services is there's an impartation by the Holy Spirit. I love to sit on the wall because I'm a watchman on the wall to begin with. And when I'm on the wall, I'm seeing the God's Spirit working in different lives. And it excites me because it's not only what you're being taught over this course It's being what you're catching that you're going to carry the ball in your generation to hit the mark of the call of God upon your life. That's what I want to see. But I know you can't do it without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And staying full of the Holy Spirit by the disciplines of what I call our, our, the simplicity of the gospel and the disciplines of being a student and a studier of the Word of God. What I've seen, and I'm going to invite you, I don't know if John's still available or not. John, I want to minister to the Lord. I want the congregation to minister to the Lord. And you young people that even have a sense that God has divine purposes upon your life, I'm going to invite you to this altar. The Lord says, I'm going to start revealing secret things to children that will confound the wise and those that are walking in levels of pride in my body. I'm going to start visiting them by the vision of the future events that will take place 
And if they will press into their relationship with me, I will use them to release the revelation that I will reveal to them through the vision that needs to come into the generation in which they're a part of. You're going to carry this ball. What I mean by that, you're going to carry this gospel into the nations, young people. To some aspects, some of you are going to be the prayers and the intercessors. Some of you are going to be the warriors on the front line. Some of you are going to be the ministers. Some of you are going to be the entrepreneurs that need to make it happen. And some of you are going to go into places of government so it does get happening. Don't underestimate what God wants to do with you, but in your pursuit after Him, you draw nigh, He will draw close. And in the closeness of the intimacy of your heart, you'll understand by the revelations that the Holy Spirit will give you. And you won't be confused like generation after generation that has wandered around in the wilderness. And the job has not got done yet. The job is go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And TBN is not going to get it done. It's going to take the boots on the ground of men and women like you young people that are not ashamed of the gospel, neither of the name, that understand the power of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that understand their covenant and the power of the blood and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the grace that God has given them to accomplish the will of God, not by their might, not by their ability, but by the grace and the power of God that you stand in. If you're ready and you're asking, Lord, I want to be filled. And if you've been filled and you've been praying in tongues, but you know you're not right, you know you're not where you need to be, come to this altar, come to this place. God's going to release vision. Some of you are going to come and you're going to see what lies ahead and what your purposes are at Young Lives. Some of you are going to tap into what I believe are the gifts of the Spirit at a young age. And all of a sudden, the word of wisdom is going to start flowing through your life. All of a sudden, you're going to start operating in words of knowledge. All of a sudden, prophetic utterance will come out and you don't even know what you're doing. God's healing power is so obtainable to the body of Christ right now. His virtues want to flow through the lives that will sanctify themselves, that will separate themselves, that will surrender to the will of God so that they can be pipelines and vessels that won't carry and allow pride to come in, but will be men and women of God that will be humble enough to let God use them and give Him all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In the last days, which we're in, every one of us, He's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. There's an anointing for handmaidens for servants. There's a stirring that God wants to do by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There's an impartation that's already taken place by the revelation that has gone forth through the utterance of God's Word, through the ministry gifts of which you've been a part of throughout this activity so far. My purpose is to allow the Holy Spirit to activate in you to a place of consecration in your life, to invite you to come to a life that will be separated to the divine will of God upon you.
that you won't be confused, you won't wonder, you will know, and the proof and the evidence will be because of the fruit in which your life will produce through a course of footsteps that he orders for you in the name of Jesus. This is what I sing. I sing the Armada ministers, Pastor Bill, Apostle Dale, Pastor Pat, Pastor Sid, young Buck back there, thinks he's out of the way. And then there's others here too. That you're connected to this ministry underneath the submission and leadership of this man. And I've seen young people come into this altar, some to be filled with the Holy Spirit, some to just be ministered to by the laying on of hands and the stirring of the gifts that are inside of them. And there might be some here that have never said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. That through that process of these men and ministers, these women, women, let me five, girl. Through the gifts, the grace, the call upon their life, the Holy Spirit wants to work in you because you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation that are to show forth the praises of God to a new level that this gen- that no generation has ever seen. That God wants to bring songs from heaven into earth, into the heart of many of you. He wants to bring Holy Ghost utterances. He wants to bring revelation that is needed for the seasons in which lie ahead. He wants to bring you into your place of purpose, of destiny, of grace, of understanding His will, His call in the divine things that He has intended from the foundations of the world in your life. So young folks, if that's you, and you like this family of what we call Armada ministers, to minister to you and to pray for you, please come and allow them to pray for you, to minister to you, to bring impartations and stirring of that which the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Because you're going to be carrying the ball soon. Some of you that are up here are called in to the music ministry. What I mean by that is, I believe it's called the minstrel. (laughs) If that's you and you, you know, you know that, you know what, that's part of my purpose and that's who I am. I want you to surround this young man on the piano. I want you to come around him. 
And I want you to join in the worship as he worships. He says, allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. If that's you, if you, if you know that, it might be more than two or three here. You know part of your call in your life, your divine purposes is I will lead worship one day or I will be, I will sing for the Lord or I will minister to the Lord through, through music. Please come and get, get close to the anointing on this man of God. Please. Surround him. Put your arms around him. There's impartation in the air, my brother and sister. There's impartation in the atmosphere. Receive, receive that what He has for you here this afternoon. your thoughts and in those thoughts you're going to find out that the thoughts and the inspirations of the Lord will come upon you and you're going to start seeing by the Spirit and the reason I asked Jen to do this is I watched her life transformed over a period of time it didn't happen over day, overnight I thought she carries an anointing that's going to stir up that which God's already placed inside Yes, yes, yes. Don't don't be afraid, honey. Don't you be afraid. You're one of those handmaidens. I'm telling you, you're a handmaiden of the Lord. You're precious to Him. And there's secret things, hidden things, that He wants to reveal to you in your intimacy to Him because He's going to use you. How great.
witness with this or you tell them to throw it in the ditch, okay? What do I see? I'm going to speak prophetically to each and every one of you that come up here, if you can allow me to do that, those of you that are still here. And I'd like to minister to each one of you individually as well, but I know that what the Lord wanted has already taken place. I know that what you needed in this season has been given to you, now, your job, your responsibility is to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to reveal the secret things in which need to come to your mind, to your understanding, in the simplicity of carrying them through on a practical daily basis. Does that make sense to you? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, what you showed me in the Spirit upon each one of these kids, these young people, they're not kids, they're, they're amazing, amazing young people. I release now by the Spirit of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, the divine wisdom that is needed for the hour in which they'll walk in. Father, I'm asking on their behalf right now, in Jesus' name, you deposit the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of you to the depths of their desire and to the depths of their call, to the depths of their purpose, that the eyes of their understanding to be enlightened to the degree in which they can see, they can know, they can comprehend and understand because their hearts are genuine before you in the name of Jesus. The vision of the Lord will become real and tangible to those of you that will take the time to consecrate, to separate, and to give your hearts on a continual basis unto the Lord. The things that He wants you to see so that you can understand the spirit of seeing and knowing is available to you because that's who the Holy Spirit is, part of Him. And He wants to become your best, most intimate friend. He wants you to know Him like some of you know how to play basketball or some of you know how to play an instrument. Some of you know how to tie your shoes. I trust you do by now. <laughs> but what I'm saying is God the Holy Spirit is calling you to a relationship beyond anything you've experienced yet because the secret things for the generation in which you're walking in belong to you to carry the ball to accomplish that what needs to be done in this day and this hour. Your hunger will have everything to do with it. And the way you stay hungry is to give away and to exercise that which you have. If you become like many, many people in the body of Christ, they'll soak it in, but they don't give it away. Therefore, they become like a stagnant pond. So you pray, God, you open up doors of utterance to me. You give me ministry opportunities. You, you show me the friends in which you want me to minister the things that you've given to me. You let me lay my hands on the sick, Father. Open my eyes to see the needs of humanity to the place where I will move with compassion and your healing virtue, your goodness, your mercy, your words of wisdom, of knowledge will flow from my lips into their hearts that lies will be changed because Jesus Christ is in love with them and he wants to use you to turn this world upside down.
I trust you've heard what the Spirit of God is saying. Thank you. Thank you. He's preparing a generation, church. You moms and dads, you listen to me. You got arrows in your quiver. Don't be afraid to shoot them into destiny, into purpose for your intercession and your prayers. You're mentoring that which you have imparted into them. That is, that's the first charge. Work with the Holy Spirit to help them be everything that they can be. By the time they're shot through that arrow of the Lord, that bow of the Lord, they will hit destinations. And not miss the mark of the cross. I've heard you once dead. Mentors, pastors. You're doing a good job, Bob. You hear me? Mm -hmm. You're doing a good job. Don't you let the devil tell you any different. And I mean that with all my heart. You've done an amazing job. Amazing. Amazing. And I honor you, sister. I Amazing. honor you. I honor you. You're so precious to the Lord and you don't even know it. He wants you to know it.